we invite you to this coming week's message of Good Theology, a podcast ministry of the Good Theology Project, a mission of ministry to seek, sow, and spread God's kingdom of love here on earth. We cannot wait for someone else to do later what God has already called us to do here and now. To learn more about the Good Theology Project, visit us online at goodtheology.life. Hey, friends of Good Theology, grace and peace to you. Uh, Before we get started today, I just want to say a giant thank you to Pastor Sam Mitchell from Trinity UMC up in Chesapeake City, Maryland, uh, for lending us his wisdom last episode. While uh, Good Theology is my passion, its mission of calling forth God's kingdom of love, that's not just mine alone. It's a call of many. And it's also why Good Theology has launched a clothing line. Uh, You can find it on our website, or you can find it through Amazon. Uh, It's a clothing uh, line with the explicit purpose to share outward messages of God's love. Good Theology wants you to be walking signs. We want you to be walking signs, walking expressions of God's love. So thanks again to Pastor Sam. Uh, and please check us out uh, at goodtheology.life for the clothing part. I'm also so glad that this episode, episode 8, marks the beginning of Advent. I, um, <laughs> I, just, I just did a little play on words there. I said marks the beginning. Uh, and this week we're actually delving into the Gospel of Mark. Don't worry, uh, my jokes don't get better. You just get more used to them. <laughs> uh, any whoozlebees. Unlike other seasons in the church year, um, the Advent season, it's, it's all about expectation. Um, and this 2020, we all know something about expectation for sure. One, uh, one last thing before we get started. Uh, we're posting a seven-day Ignatian-inspired, Advent-inspired devotional, also on Good Theology's website. Uh, it was created with this episode scripture as the first day, but really you can start it whenever you feel so moved. You don't have to just start it, you know, today, uh, even if it's after Advent. I promise it will still apply. Um, now, I originally created it for a local parish church, but its purpose very much speaks to the work of good theology. And so they are graciously sharing it with y'all, or I guess letting me share what I wrote with y'all. So a big shout out and thank you to Grace Church in Alexandria, Virginia. We haven't even prayed yet, and already uh, I get to do shout outs to two Christian communities. I love God, and I love his connected body of Christ. Um, I love that. Okay, so let's go ahead and do what we always do, though. And before delving into that beautiful wisdom of Scripture, let's center ourselves and our intentions. As always, the words are in the description uh, for as we pray to pray along with us. Almighty and everlasting God, our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you, our behavior to share you, Glory be to you, God, source of all being, incarnate word and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So, as I said, this is the first week of Advent, 
uh, and Advent is the beginning of the church year. The church year goes from Advent to Christmas, Christmas to Epiphany, Epiphany to Lent, Lent to Easter, Easter to Pentecost, and Pentecost back to Advent in the new church year. Um, if you've ever wondered why it feels like the end of November is the beginning of the Christmas season, Advent is why. Uh, that's also why it feels weird when businesses try and throw Christmas stuff at you right after Halloween. We haven't gotten to Advent yet, right? We aren't in the new season of expectation. Um, so if you ever needed a reason to feel justified to not like Christmas stuff too early, there it is. There, there it is for you. Okay, but so it's the first Sunday in Advent. It's the beginning of the church year. So let's jump into that part of scripture set aside specifically for Advent, specifically about expectation. Scripture for today's episode comes to us from the Gospel of our Lord according to Mark chapter 13. And we're actually going to be focusing in on just a few lines of scripture. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 13 verses 28 to 32. Using the common English Bible translation, Jesus says, Learn this parable from the fig tree. After its branch becomes tender and it sprouts new leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happen, you know that he's near, at the door. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the angels in heaven nor the Son. Only the Father knows. Watch out. Stay alert. You don't know when the time is coming. Hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to name this right out the gate because I always found it funny that this is the one of the key scriptures for Advent. And yet all of a sudden we get this Game of Thrones type phrase that not winter, but summer is coming, right? We're starting Advent and God wants to talk about impending summer. Summer just ended in the middle of September. So technically fall still has like three weeks left, but no, summer is coming, according to Mark. Why is it so important for Mark to remind us of this? Why is the idea of what's coming such a big deal? Well, honestly, because that's, that's what it, Advent means. Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, which means arrival or coming. It means the coming of God. This scripture in Mark is actually right before the scripture, uh, verses 33 to 37, where Jesus tells his disciples that he will return and that they should stay alert for him, that Jesus is coming back. We're... We're celebrating in Advent expectation. We're celebrating and meditating on expecting Jesus' second coming, while at the same time celebrating and meditating on the first coming, the birth of baby Jesus. We've got to do two types of expecting at the same time in Advent. So at its core, Advent really is all about God showing up us expecting God showing up. That's why the name Emmanuel, God with us, is so prevalent in the, in the Advent season, because God is coming. So then why does Jesus remind us about summer? Because really he's reminding us 
that we shouldn't be as surprised as we usually are about life and about God's participation in the life of mankind, not if we're really paying attention to the right things. That's why I said we were going to talk about expectation, because Jesus talks about expectation. When the fig leaves come, first century Israelites expected summer. For us in the United States, when November comes, we expect good food, Black Friday sales, and Christmas music on the radio. But this year has been especially expectant, hasn't it? We've been expecting a a vaccine to COVID. We've been expecting a rough presidential election. We've been experiencing so many disappointments that we're expecting more bad news. You know, there's this book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Now, the book's in its fifth edition. It's like 40 years old, and it's considered one of the top books ever if you or someone you love is pregnant. It's not a roadmap, but it certainly tries to give expecting pregnant women signposts into what to expect when expecting. As humans, we need, we care about being prepared. We care about knowing what we're getting ourselves into. Well, welcome to Advent and welcome to Jesus in chapter 13 of Mark. Chapter 13 is this long moment where Jesus is just teaching the apostles about being good disciples, about what to do, how, like, about what to expect while they're expecting. It's a moment we are told to pause and remember that we're in this for the long haul and that we're not at the finish line. And what's more is that not only are we not at the finish line, but we'll see that finish line coming. And that's how we know it's not here now, literally and figuratively. So what do we do while we wait? And what if we're tired of waiting? What do we do while we wait? And what if we are tired of waiting? I mean, I'm tired of waiting for a vaccine. I'm tired of waiting to hang out with a large number of people that I care about. I'm tired of waiting for people who say that they love Jesus to actually act like they actually read his words about loving other people. I'm tired of waiting to lose these last 30 pounds, and I'm tired of waiting for the next season of Star Trek Picard. I am tired of waiting for an easy life. Now, maybe you're like me, and maybe you're not. Maybe your life is amazing and you aren't waiting on anything. The big, like vaccines, or the small, like Star Trek's next season. But I doubt it. I doubt there isn't anything that you aren't waiting for. Why? Because unless you're the cat or the dog listening to this podcast, like if you set up this podcast for your pet and then just like left for the day and they're the ones listening... I'm going to bet you're waiting on something. Heck, actually, if you're the dog, you're probably waiting for your owner to come back home. So the cat's the only one not waiting, right? My, My point is 
that waiting, that expecting, that having to be ready is part of the human experience. And it's something we're good at because it's during the waiting time that we get creative, that we get inventive, that we show up for each other. So what do I do if I'm tired of waiting? I change how I feel about waiting. You can always tell when someone is an experienced flyer at the airport. Uh, you're, You're just chilling out in the TSA line and there's that traveler. They've got it all hooked up and they look comfortable. They've got their slide on shoes and a calm expression on their face. They've done this before and they know the line is going to move as fast as it moves. No matter their handling of the situation. So they just wait it out. They're ready. And then when they step up, it's go time. And they're through in record minutes, right? It's not that they were that much more prepared than the rest of us. We all pretty much know the rules for TSA. We, we know what to expect. But those, those experienced travelers... They have a peace of mind. That's what we do when we're tired of expectation. We don't change the world around us. We change our own perspective on the world. Now, I'm not saying that we don't go in the streets and protest, that we don't vote in elections, that we don't participate in the world. That's not what I mean. But when we get to the breaking point, when waiting is corrupting our hearts, as Christians, we are, cho- we, are, we are given this commandment, we are given this wisdom to take that step back and know it's, we're in it for the long haul, that we're not here for the immediateness, that we are here for it, for Christ, for a good kingdom, for a loving planet, that we're here for the long haul. You know, the Christmas Chronicles is like number eight on Netflix right now. It's like a movie to watch, right? And so I'm like, okay, and I give it a go. Uh, and it's it's got some really stereotypical moments in it. I don't know if you've seen it or not. If you have, uh, cool. If you have not, it, it was number eight. Take it as, as you will. I, I enjoyed it enough. Um, I wouldn't guess that it will that it received any Oscars, but it was good. Now it, it talks about Santa and Christmas to everyday people, the way we should thinking about Jesus for us Christians. Which, okay, like we won't talk about how that might be slightly problematic since Christmas is supposed to be all about Jesus. But my point is that there is this moment, right, that. Santa is in jail, and he's just got to wait. But rather than waiting in this spirit of grief and anger that everyone else in the jail cell is, is stewing in, Santa decides to get creative with his waiting. Now, I'm not saying that grief and anger aren't important. All those negative feelings are actually incredibly useful at times. But when it comes to expectations, when it comes to waiting, 
Just like Jesus says, nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the angels in heaven, nor even the sun. I mean, talk about disconcerting. Even Jesus won't give up the release date on God's planetary upgrade. But Jesus says to stay alert. Santa in that jail cell stayed so alert, they were having a concert. I, I said earlier that I'm trying to that I'm tired of waiting of losing those 30 extra pounds, but to do that, I have to stay alert and watch what I eat. It doesn't happen instantaneously. And your attitude during expectation is so critical. That's why that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, flies off the bookshelves and is so important to expecting mothers and to expecting fathers. Because the attitude during expectation is so critical. So that's what I invite you to do for this coming week. Every day, when you start your day, either at the office or at the home. I don't mean like when you get out of bed, but I mean when you are, you've had your cup of coffee, you are awake, you are sitting down, and you are ready to begin your day. Grab a piece of paper and a, and a pen, or maybe your notepad on your phone, somewhere where you're looking at what you're writing, and write down who you will be and how you will carry yourself as you live into this time of expectation. Now, sure, I mean Advent, but also, sure, I mean life in general. It's not easy. It's not fun. But you are strong enough. You are wise enough. And you are an experienced traveler. I promise you that. Gracious and mighty God, as, as you remind us to look for the leaves to know that the seasons change. As you remind us to look into the hearts and eyes and minds into our fellow humans to see the development of your grace in our lives and in theirs, God, we ask for your transforming peace, the peace of heart, of mind, to rest in us. In this time of expectation, in this time of Advent, God, we ask you to move us in stillness create in us clean and beautiful hearts and give us an inspiration for creativity and love amen thank you for listening to this week's episode of good theology to learn more, please find us online at goodtheology.life.